You found yourself on another episode of Locked On Bulls. In today's episode, me and Pat are going to talk about the Bulls' loss to a shorthanded Cavs team, heading into the third easiest schedule of the league, the remaining way out. And finally, the 76ers are apparently out on Zach Levine, even though if you listen to me and Pat, we told you that that never really made sense. We're going to talk about all that and more right after this. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. That's Pat, the designer, host, and creator of the Windy City Breeze and host of the Chicago Bears podcast over at ESPN 1000. I'm Hayes, host creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. And today's episode is brought to you uh, by us. No no title sponsor today. It's brought to you by us over here at Locked On. Pat, let's go ahead and get into the topics for today. <laughs> Merry Christmas. That's what it's brought to you by. Merry Christmas, God dang it. Um, <laughs> brought to you by us. us. What? And man, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, oh, Batman. Uh, <laughs> the Chicago Bulls lost to a Lakers team, bro, that was missing their top three scores in the game. Uh, and it messed up a lot of the confidence that some of these Bulls fans had around the team. I've seen crazy things said already about the team and it all being, uh, you know, all for not. The team's terrible again. All this stuff's happening. How you feeling, bro? Um, it was a bad loss. I mean, I'm th- th- that's 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 all you can say about it, right? Like the the Bulls did a horrible job uh, in that game, getting enough energy up, getting up and down the court. It looked like they had played four games in five nights, but it wasn't an excuse, right? Like, uh, or or was it what was it? Four games in six nights, I should say, but it wasn't an excuse. Like it was it was a very bad game. Um, <clears throat> I didn't think that the uh, the the Bulls played with any energy, any heart in that game, and it sucked. But, um. To me, I don't know if that all of a sudden means that we're all the way back to what we once were, right? Like, I will say the fact that we've lost two games now to Denver and Cleveland that uh, are both games where they lost all of their top players is a little bit uh, irritating, but I think that's all it is, right? And to me, um, I would be surprised if we don't see the fight that this team has come back after a couple of days off and of course after uh after a holiday cheer yeah i mean at the end of the day like i mean you're gonna you're gonna lose some games as you should and every team does um this isn't you know just chicago bulls every team's gonna look heck we were the team sometimes the people looked at as the ones that shouldn't have beat them considering who we were missing and we beat them oh, so yeah. yeah i mean it comes down to max juice was cooking though you got to give max juice like his first of all he rented out a suite brought his whole family was, against he, us he, for some reason yeah, he was, he was wearing uh number one in honor of derrick rose like he just he he came in with the energy yeah. of chicago against the chicago bears and, i mean chicago bulls and killed us man. yeah he, he's always cooking against us and i thought that they did a poor job uh getting the defensive rotations out to him uh, i thought that he i mean he just had so much opportunity in that game to to make something uh at times out of nothing and, and really looks like just a better version of uh the max Struess that we often have the opportunity to watch um very interesting to kind of see what the Cavs are going to do, right? The, the the tough part about this is even with all the injuries, this could just be what the Cavs look like in a couple of months because it doesn't seem like Donovan Mitchell's going to be sticking around there. So Max Struess well, might be the uh, 
He number said one that, guy. but they came out recently and said they they are not interested in trading Donovan Mitchell. I mean, listen, you cannot be interested in it, but if Donovan Mitchell is not interested in sticking around, it'd be very stupid to not trade. Well, I don't think they'd come out and say that if if they had inclination that Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to stick around. But I guess we'll see. Like, don't get me wrong, Donovan Mitchell hits the open market; he's getting paid. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's getting the back. He's getting the yeah. back. So, yeah, so. I, I I don't know, man. Like that that Cleveland team to me. Um, they, there's a lot of disarray there. I was I was very surprised the Bulls lost that game. Like it was one of those For games sure. where I've actually built up a little bit of confidence in this team going into some of these games now. I was very surprised to see the Bulls lose that game, and it was a game that was always within reach. Yeah, I mean the Bulls. They, I mean both teams really shot the ball cold, but the Bulls just could not get it going offensively. And Max Struess, who didn't even shoot an effective field goal percentage on the night, still killed the Chicago Bulls. Like, um, and we just didn't have that that anybody really stepped up uh, when we needed the most. And the Cavs did. Like, shout out to I didn't even know who Porter was on that team. Like Craig Porter, Porter never heard of him, didn't know who he was at all. But he, he 19 points. He's, he he stepped up for them when they needed it for sure. And Isaac Okoro playing some pretty good defense out there, and he even scored 12 points. Which any points that Isaac Okoro gives you is a plus in the in in most games as well. The, so. the Bulls getting killed by another Porter Jr. Uh, it's par for the course. Yeah, I mean that's just <sighs> we took Wendell. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. We took Wendell. No, nah, but Wendell. Uh, that was a like when you watch that Cavs team too, right? Like it, it just seemed like they had that us against them mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's expecting us to win. I will say this. Uh, they hate Imani Bates. I don't know what's going on with that. Like <laughs> I thought Imani Bates could play. Like I, and they put him out there and they were like, don't you shoot the basketball. Bro, it's, it's, it gotta be all. the defense and the size, bro. Like I'm <laughs> telling you, he got like, like it, that dude is so small, like he's gonna get cooked by most forwards, bro. Like I, we know he can shoot, but I mean he's six nine, one ninety. Like I've seen, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen, we've seen your dealing dude. get cooked at his size, and he's two hundred pounds now. Like I'm just saying, Imani Bates, he got to put on some weight. Um, and it's funny too because Imani Bates literally had a quote before this game, like, "What do you say? Like the Cavs were coming for you. You got to come through." And it's like, yeah, but are you on the Cavs? Do, you, do they realize you're on the team? <laughs> Yeah, man, when you when you getting beat by uh, Imani Bates and uh, George Niang, which is he just following Struess around? I think so, probably at this point. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's he's, a, that's he, a tough he's Struess's uh, Gronk. <laughs> Struess's Gronk sounds bad. I'm not gonna lie to you. It does sound. That sounds, sounds very like bad. A, it's not a pause, like a, but it sounds, it sounds bad. like a a, a a strip bar in in uh, Atlantic City. Um. Maybe I'll ask you this: the, the one thing that we did see, another game of Patrick Williams getting into double digits. Mm-hmm. He was one of the players to me that, not to say he had it going, because like you said, everybody was inefficient in that game. Yeah, but we never really saw him get it try try to get it going in that first half. Right, only taking three shots. Do we need to see more offensively from P. Will? Because I thought in the first half he was two for three. And then Billy Donovan pulled him out, and basically we didn't see him again for a long stretch of time. I think when it comes down to P. Will, is that do do I want to see more offensively? Yes, but I still want to find him him to find his offense in the rhythm. Like he's been so good at playing in rhythm. I don't want to see it just become this thing where it's like, oh, I just, like, let me get my 15 shots. Because uh, I think it takes away from some of what, what Patrick Williams does well. I will say this, like Doc, I mean, not Doc, Doc Rivers, goddamn. Um, uh, uh, Billy Donovan going to the two big lineup. Stop. 
Like, yeah. if anybody yeah, has done. any more questions we're about done. it, stop. Yeah, yeah, we're done with that. We yeah. we don't need to see that ever again. I, I was just watching them too. And the weird part is, right, you would think it would be this. I, I got why he did it, right, because we couldn't rebound at all. Yeah. But you would think that there would be, like, this domination of rebounding. But they're never in the paint at the same time. They can't be. Like, the ball goes up, and, like, Vooch is on the wing. Andre Drummond's under the basket. It's like, I get what we're trying to do here, but, like, they both have to be in the paint for that to happen. <laughs> and neither of them are in the paint dominating <laughs> on the rebounding board. And I'm not going to lie, there's something petty about me that is just a little bit upset that we went to a two-big lineup because Tristan Thompson was in the game. You know like, what I mean, bro? Some, there's something a little bit about that. It's just like, come on, because Tristan Thompson, we didn't even do it against the Milwaukee Bucks, but Tristan Thompson is the reason why you feel like you got to go two bigs. And you, know, and you know what? It, the, the part that was sad about it was he was killing us on the offensive boards. Yes. Now, he, only had, he only had three official offensive boards, but he had like four or five tip-outs. It was like, bro, like, we getting cooked by Tristan Thompson. I didn't even know Tristan Thompson was still in the NBA. <laughs> like, bro, I had no idea Tristan Thompson was still playing for a professional basketball team. It's crazy, bro. Crazy. Uh, Trist Tristan Thompson, bro, who we're high on. Um, who we're high on. <laughs> I just had to throw Tristan that Tristan Thompson, who oh. we're high on. Before, Shout out to Paul Zipser. Before we get out of here, what do you think about the minutes Jalen Terry's been getting? He's he's on like a game of like six, seven games in a row, double digit minutes played. How you feeling about Jalen Terry and the and the energy and defense he's playing with? Because that's really all it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, well, I can get that out of I can get that out of Julian Phillips. I can, I'm not taking like I I was dying laughing when after the Laker game people were like, "Bro, he went head up with LeBron James. Like, what was he supposed to do?" <laughs> like he's playing defense on LeBron. Like was he not supposed to try and guard him? Go ahead and walk off. Like, I, let's, let me let LeBron go to the. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't get what he was supposed to do in that situation. It was just, I feel like I like, I like that Dalen's playing. I think he's playing well defensively. I actually like how he facilitates the basketball on the break, which is probably why I think the Bulls really uh, drafted him uh, 18th overall. But I'm. Daylon Terry, who we're high on as well. Yeah, you know I mean, like that's how I feel about Daylon Terry right now. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're about to get into the next topic for today. We're going to talk about the Bulls having the third easiest schedule in the league. We don't have any average, so we're jumping right into it. Um, yeah. Third easy, third easiest schedule in the league, uh, Pat. And they, the Boston Celtics, who have the best record in the NBA, I believe, have the easiest schedule. So oh, yeah. watch out for them. Boston's going to create some separation um, in there uh, as well. And then I can't remember who has the second uh, easiest schedule in the league. It's another team that's doing really good. And then you have the Chicago Bulls sitting there at number three. Do you think the Bulls are going to be able to take advantage of this to push to, to have a legitimate push for a playoff run? Yeah, I said that, you know, if, if we can finish out this year, we got a couple of tough games at the end of this year, and I think right at the beginning of the year. Um, we got Philly back to back, yes. right? Like a home and home. Yeah, we, we have them the third, the thirtieth, <laughs> the thirty first, and then we play them on the on the second, the day after. New Year. Yeah, so um, you know, those are two games that are going to be really tough. But outside of that, listen, if you can go into the new year with a five hundred record, or now it'll be a, a below five hundred record, right? But a game below five hundred. Mm -hmm you're in a great position to make a run here. You're in a great position to push yourself forward. You're in a great position to be a legitimate playoff team. The magic of the team that has a second easy schedule, by the way. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, like you're you're in a great position to be a a legitimate playoff team, and it, in an Eastern Conference that, let's be real, uh, is very like it's so top heavy. It's really just the top, like just the top, just the top, bro. <laughs> okay, Schofield trying to top them off. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> I miss doing live calls. Uh, it's, I mean, like when you when you look at it, right? Like Celtics, okay, Bucks, okay, Philly, okay. Then it's Magic, Heat, Knicks, Cavs, Pacers, Nets, and then the Bulls right now. Yeah, like, and and all of those teams except for Miami have struggled over their last ten games. So it doesn't feel like there's this elite force stopping you from climbing the playoff rankings uh, heading into next year. And I really hope that the Bulls continue to uh, keep the foot on the uh, uh, gas pedal and, and turn up on uh, a lot of these guys because I, th- I think there's a real opportunity. I agree with you on that. The, the, like the, the Bulls do have an opportunity to move. When you look at the brand of defense that we're playing as well, uh, all those things are pointing to the right direction for the Bulls. Now, uh, the game against the Cavaliers is going to be a concern if we see a couple to two, three games of that in a row, that level of effort. Yeah. All right, it's going to be it's time. It's time to be concerned at that point in time. But right now, the Bulls over these last twelve games have given us way more positive than negative. And let's hope that that continues for the team and that they continue to uh, to just execute and play in the way and manner that we know that they can. And if they do, it's it, let's listen. It's, I'm not saying it's going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, wow. but we've seen the Bulls be able to do enough to where we can expect for them to be able to continue playing the way that they have been and, and continue winning games. That defense is one of the th- reasons why they definitely have the chance to keep playing. Well, keep winning games at a high rate. And and the defense has been right. Like when you look at the numbers on the Bulls, there's a lot of people that are like, "Well, they're still middle of the pack." Got to look at those like last ten, man. Those last what whatever it is. Um, yeah, last, we're one of the best games, games in the NBA like, offensively and defensively. But yeah, with the Chicago Bulls and the, and their defensive rating right now, like I think they're like statistically the 13th best defensive rating. But you know they're steadily improving in that area, and I I think that that's what the Bulls could really hang their hats on as they're really moving towards this. And so they're actually the seventh best defense in the league right now over the last 12 games. That's what it is. So and that's since the loss for to Boston, which was a blowout loss. It's really kind of been a wake up call in a lot of ways for the Chicago Bulls, kind of step their game up a lot. Uh, well, overall. Yeah, and I think you've seen, right, defensively 114 net rating over the last 12 games. Like, that's just, you, you're clamping teams down. You're not allowing them to to yeah. to get their offenses going. And is the Bulls' offensive rating great? No, 119, right? It's nothing yeah. amazing here. But the thing is, when you're playing defense as well as the Bulls are, I mean, we've gone into how many fourth quarters with, I mean, <laughs> teams having 80 points, 85 points yeah. going into the fourth quarter. So, when you can operate uh, uh, versus a team defensively the way the Bulls have, I mean, it just it's a game-changing opportunity for you and, and one that I think with the third easiest schedule, um, they'll be able to come out and they'll be able to really do a lot of good things because you're going to be playing a lot of teams that offensively just aren't going to be able to jump back into the game as well as some of the teams that we may talk about. Yeah, and then on top of all of that as well, like I think you got to keep in mind that the Chicago Bulls are the best, be, one of the best fourth quarter teams in the NBA so far. Now a lot of that's because they have they've had to fight back early in the yeah, season because yeah. they're allowing so many deficits. But we know that they do have that edge, and so that, the Bulls got a lot of things going in, in in their direction positively. 
You just want to make sure that it's going to be consistent. The Cavaliers game, let's let that be an albatross. Let's let that, that's not going to be the norm. And the yeah. Bulls can come out here and execute. Now, the one thing that we got to talk about before we get into this, I know we're going to talk about Zach Levine and another team being out on Zach Levine in a second. The, one of the big questions that the Chicago Bulls do have to face here in the next couple of weeks is, how do you integrate Zach Levine back if you're not going to just take the best offer for him? And that's it. Do you think that that is there a chance that Zach Levine disrupts the chemistry, or do you think because theoretically, like the Bulls right now are wanting are, are are running the most catch and shoot opportunities than any team in the league. We're also averaging uh, people, players only holding on to the ball two point nine four seconds, what I think is fourth best in the NBA. Yeah. So we're moving the ball around a lot more, which theoretically could play into Zach Levine's strengths. But how concerned are you that he could actually disrupt rather than help what the Bulls are doing lately? I think uh, you have to ask yourself, does he come back in and expect to be the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands the entire time? Because I think the biggest change that we've seen is the ball movement has just increased tremendously because it's not stopping. When the ball gets to Zach Levine's hands, right? I think more so this year, he's been a lot more willing to pass. I also think he kind of was just done with being here, so he wasn't going to overexert himself. But um, when when the ball gets in Zach Levine's hand, you expect Zach Levine to be a shooter on that play. You expect Zach Levine to take that shot. And I think that that kind of kills a lot of the offense that we've seen. We've seen a balanced offense. It's not just, right, Kobe White going off or DeMar DeRozan going off. We've seen an offense where you've got four or five guys getting into double digits. And, you know, I, I will say this. The, the part that's interesting to me with whether you keep Zach Levine or not is – uh, if if he sees that this is working and he doesn't want to be a part of this and work himself back in, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, you have to find a way to move on from him. And like I said, you're taking the L on the trade no matter what. Yeah. It, it, the, you've won so much without him. The value to me on the trade probably is not going to meet what the expectation was uh, for the value of him to be, right? Like, you're never going to get what the Knicks offered for him last season. You should have took the deal last year, um, but you wanted to ride it out and see how that goes. Okay, we're here now. And guess what? Now you're going to take the L. Now he's a year older. Now he's got a, a lot more things that are, you know, working against you here. And realistically speaking, uh, you have a player that if you put him back in your lineup and you broke it down, right, there's really one scenario where things go well and there's six that don't. Teams know that. And so teams are going to come in and they have to offer you something. But, right, you're probably not going to get that high draft capital that you were thinking you were going to get or the amount of picks you thought you were going to get or, uh, uh, um, you know, the the level of player back that you thought you were going to get now. Because, you know, when when you look at Zach Levine and, and how the Bulls have played without him, teams are just going to look at you and be like, yeah, okay, we, we will take him off your hands. But it's not going to be for what you ask. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. Like you said, they're never going to get that trade value back that they got offered uh, from the New York Knicks a year ago. It's just not there for Zach Levine anymore, unfortunately. And you know that's why uh, striking is when you strike is as important as the deal you make because some of those deals are only going to be there a finite amount of time in that in that 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 zone and that's it once you leave that area you're not going to get that off again and that's what we're seeing with Zach once a player requests a trade unless that player is playing at or a former MVP or playing at a dang near MVP level the trade values plummets it just yeah. does then you add in the legitimate concerns around Zach like I still think Zach goes to a team where he's not miscast as the number one we're going to see a really good Zach Levine but oh, yeah. uh, it, teams are going to use that as leverage to try to 
yeah, get them for less. And, and speaking of that, I guess it's, it's great time to move to the last uh, topic for today, and that is the 76ers are actually out on Zach Levine. So this one comes from Mark Stein. Uh, he actually reported that while the 76ers are open to using some of the assets they got in the James Harden trade to add to the team, they are more so prioritizing two-way players that will not affect their salary cap long-term going forward. That right there tells you it's not Zach Levine. Now, we yeah. also heard when the Zach Levine, it was OG Ananobi. He fits that a little bit better, as well as he only has one year left on his deal after the season, and that's a player option, and it's only $19.9 million next year and $18.8 million this year, so a lot easier of a contract to move for than the Zach Levine deal, and we've also heard recently that they, if they can, want to keep Tobias Harris, so they could be looking to add to that. He fits next to Maxi a little bit better. So what do you hear now? Uh, how do you feel, Pat, hearing that one of the potential suitors for Zach Levine, even though me and you were never really high on that, yeah. is kind of out on Zach Levine? Yeah, I've never thought that they were in on Zach Levine. It, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense for the pieces they were going to be sending back because it felt like you were going to be taking – you were going to James Harden yourself, right? We're going to get yeah. this really good player, but we're going to take apart our team that is doing really, really well to do it, right? And it just at, – at no point – did trading for Zach Levine seem like the logical thing for the Sixers to do? I think that we're at a point now where, right? It, 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 this is Lakers a bust, basically, right? It's like what? Like what other team? Like we, that. Yeah, it, it's Lakers a bust. So it, for me, right now, uh, hearing that the Sixers are out, it never made sense to me at all. Um, I thought that Zach Levine, just the kind of player you're, you're bringing him in there, basically to be, you know, to me. Is he the two there? Like, is he your number two on the team? Right, right after Embiid, maybe you keep Maxi in that number one role, guy with the ball in his hands. But again, I feel like you put yourself, your Philadelphia, in the same situation that the Bulls are in, where you've got a lot of guys who can score the basketball, but how do they all fit together? And is he going to buy into whatever Nick Nurse is selling? Nick Nurse is not that different of a coach than Billy Donovan is. Yeah, right. Like everybody, everybody's high on Nick Nurse again. We're excited. Yeah, it's okay. It's gonna be the same. <laughs> you know so I mean? gonna, we've, we've seen this story before. Is basically we've seen this story before. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, as high as many people on Nick Nurse. I think a lot of people have this belief that you know there are ten great coaches in the NBA, and there's really like three, and there, there's a bunch of them that all kind of do the same thing. And Billy Donovan, Nick Nurse, Mike Budenholzer, they're they're all kind of in that same boat. Well, like me and you have always told people, there are like a lot of Bulls fans look at these other coaches and they and they see them differently, but their fan bases look at them the same way we the look at Billy Donovan. <laughs> right? When we talked to old boy from uh, Locked On Raptors, he was just like, I was like, what's the issues with Nick Nurse? And he was like, he doesn't adjust. He, he's he's uh, terrible with timeouts. Doesn't know how to how to swap in and out uh, his rotations. He's always mixing up rotations. I was like, he's Billy Donovan, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, so um, it's it's just it's interesting to see, and I'm glad he's he's you know having some success now. I think he does well with big name stars. Uh, and the last time he had a big name star, he won a championship. So there's that. But I think there's uh, there's been a lot of uh, Nick Nurse backpacking going on. Yeah, I mean, he's just holding on to the shoulders as somebody else takes them to the championship. <laughs> oh, shout out to the Nick Nurse slander. Uh, not that it's not, it's, it's like, that's crazy. <laughs> it is random that we got there. I mean, listen, I, I listen, no judgment here, bro. I, I have no judgment. I just, no. like, when you look at the Sixers, right, like, are they a team that it, it ever felt like 
you know, would would make sense for Zach Levine. Like it just it it I don't I, I never thought he fit there. And I think that I would hope, right? They just extended Daryl Morey. I would hope that they've learned their lesson on just trading away huge assets and, and the depth of your team to send a guy to Philadelphia. That's crazy. Um you just never know, I guess, bro. Like uh, <laughs> I the thing, the feeling that I have when it comes down to, to all of this, uh this coaching aside, whatever it is, is that like you said, I need Bulls fans to prepare themselves for the fact that we're going to lose this trade. Yeah. You're not gonna be happy when you hear the 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 final deal that's that's getting for gotten for Zach Levine. You're not gonna now, be happy. what I will say is if it's only the Lakers, I kind of like I think for every one of the pieces or every one of the trade packages, there is one piece in there that I do like. Mm -hmm. Like, there's always, right? Like, if we get back Rui, okay, I like Rui. If we get yeah. back Austin Reeves, okay, I like Austin Reeves. If we get back, right, like, whatever the Lakers end up sending, as long as we don't get, like, four burner contracts, basically, right? <laughs> like, we didn't know Buddy was on the team. Um, I think that I think that the Bulls at least get something useful back in a trade to the Lakers. Um, Agree. I mean, I guess, I guess here's the thing, right? If, if, we don't see a trade to the Lakers. Where are you at percentage-wise on Zach Levine will play for the Bulls again? I'm giving it 40-60 chance that he plays for the Chicago Bulls again. 40 that he does, 60 that he doesn't? Yeah. Okay. That's, listen, it's high because when it started when we started winning when everything came it literally was like Zach Levine will never play for the Bulls again like yeah. this is it Bulls fans and now it's like oh nobody wants this guy like like I said before like I, I everybody is, wants them but nobody wants to pay the price for them. It, it it's the price tag right and so the Bulls are going to have to ask themselves I think this is the thing do you trade Zach Levine for pennies on the dollar so you don't risk the messing up the chemistry, or do you say, "Hey, we gotta, we we gotta, we gotta get Zach Levine playing good to up this trade value before the trade deadline"? Which at that point in time, it'll be really interesting to see Bulls games from whenever in January he returns to the February 9th trade trade deadline. Because if if they're trying to 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 feature Zach Levine to up that trade value by the trade deadline, all I can say is we could see some very very stagnant Chicago Bulls basketball there for me. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting to see. I, I think the, the funny part about all of this is that when you look at, right, like as we get closer and closer to that January 15th day, is like everybody's out on Zach Levine. When January 16th gets here, is everybody just back in on Zach Levine? Yes. That's what I can't wait to see. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. like, it's like, we're done. We don't want Levine. We don't have anything that we can send. Blah, January 16th gets here. You know what? I can take a Zach Levine. How about I send well, you and that's what teams are going to do. They're going to really yeah. look and see before they make a deal for the size of a contract like Zach Levine. They're going to say, "Hey, how what what do we really have on this team? Let's take all the time to look at it." And then it may it may even be not to they not in on Zach Levine to what the trade deadline's February 9th, February eighth. They're like, "Hey, man, uh, yeah, we, we can use a twenty point per game score." We, we yeah, I mean, yeah. and it, I I think the thing is too, right? Like you have to let the season play out to the point where you're sitting there talking about. Um, uh, uh, um, guys, unfortunately, guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to miss time. Teams mm -hmm. are going to still feel like their window's open. Why don't we trade for Zach Levine to replace blah, blah, blah? There's yeah. the offers are going to come. I I just, I, I don't expect the Bulls to be on the winning end of any of them, but uh, we'll see, man. Follow us on everything at Locked on Bulls. You can follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. Appreciate y'all for showing love.
Yeah, absolutely. Follow me at CEO Hayes. You can make sure uh, you continue to check us out on every podcasting app and platform of your choice. Leave a five-star review as well. Even if you're on the YouTube side, go over to the podcast side, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. If you're on the podcast side, just go and hit the subscribe button over on the YouTube channel just, just to help, help us grow. You know, help us. We give you the daily content. You help us out with that. Before Pat the Designer, I'm Hayes. This has been Locked on Bulls, man. Peace, y'all. Peace.